Okay, welcome to Relaunch once again. Here we go. Today we're talking about your financial relaunch or relaunching your financial life. This is Steve Kellogg bringing you uh, new thought, new ways of thinking about your financial life, your financial future, and uh, all the possibilities therein. You know, most of us, uh, especially in the United States, are programmed for uh, poverty. Very simple. We look at uh, what can we do to trade our time for money? And uh, those who are more successful at uh, leveraging their time or providing greater value can usually make more money. And people are complaining about income inequality. Uh, that is uh, uh, a very difficult concept to deal with. So I'm not going to even try to deal with that right now. What I want to do, though, is look at your energy and consciousness around money. Because we still carry that Puritan ethic that somehow money is the root of all evil, when in fact that's far from the case. Um, but it still carries over as part of a Puritan and uh, fundamentalist Christian uh, viewpoint. So we must deal with that because money is not evil in and of itself. It is indifferent. It goes where it is most wanted. And uh, governments and uh, central banks manipulate uh, this supply and manipulate its use through taxation, interest rates, and uh, other, other means to totally manipulate the economy. And this is what we must deal with. But first, we've got to get our, head, our heads wrapped around the idea of money. So what is money? Money is energy. Uh, a while, many years ago, I heard of a, a guy that was talking about defining money as what you trade your life energy for. Wonderful definition. Because it is a trade of energy. George Gilder describes money as uh, the time value of labor. Uh, in, in other words, you're putting time, you're trading time for uh, and putting it into another form, which we are calling money. And money just happens to be the method of exchange. I mean, there was a time in which uh, shells and trinkets and uh, other things were considered uh, currency or money. And people would trade that because it was perceived as being valuable. So now we've created a money system that uh, has uh, coin and paper that represents uh, this whole concept of value. The unfortunate thing is, is that our money supply has been totally debased and it is no longer a store of value. Let's go back to Aristotle's definition of money. He's got several points that he likes to make. One is that it is durable. It is a medium of exchange and uh, it has to have a certain durability. It will not fall apart or become unusable and must be able to stand the test of time. Now our coinage in particular does that. 
Uh, the paper money uh, is not as durable, but it lasts long enough to be periodically replaced. So it, uh, it works in that, uh, in that arena. Item number two is that it must be portable. Relative to its size, it must be easily movable, and you can hold a large amount of universal value relative to its size. Paper money and coinage allows you to do that to some degree. Back in the days when uh, gold was the predominant form, it was heavy and uh, not quite so portable. It still is portable, no question about it, but it was... Uh, oftentimes stored at a place and you were giving, given a certificate to show that you had this on file and that became the basis of paper currency. Next, money must be divisible. It should be relatively easy to separate and put back together without ruining its basic characteristics. Uh, that is especially true of coinage, which used to be gold and silver primarily and then they started to debase it and put other metals in that uh, undervalued it. And then the final one, which is the tricky one for most uh, of today's um, currencies, is it must be intrinsically valuable. It should be valuable in and of itself, and its value should be totally dependent, independent of any other object. And essentially, the item must be rare. This is what gets into the... Uh, the challenge we have today, since the United States went off the gold standard, there's nothing to keep it honest. There's nothing that is intrinsically valuable. It is a piece of paper that says it has a certain value for it. If you study that paper over a period of time, you realize that it is value has declined. In the first 100 years of the Federal Reserve, the purchasing power of the dollar dropped 95%. In other words, what you paid for uh, for a nickel back in 1913 when the Fed was formed, you would pay a dollar for today. That's inflation. That is debasing of the currency. And with the rampant printing of more money, uh, it is becoming less and less rare so that when you have more dollars chasing the same item, uh, each dollar becomes less and less valuable. A little hard to wrap your, wrap your mind around that, uh, but it is so true, and you must be aware of this if you're going to have a money consciousness at all. So money is a store of value. It is, it is uh, the time value of labor. And it is a form of energy that uh, represents time, labor, and value. So with that in mind, there's nothing wrong with money. It just is a uh, vehicle to do things with. But keep in mind that we don't have a money supply or a money source, any place in the world for that matter, that really is a, uh, intrinsically valuable anymore. Uh, governments and central banks, as I said, have pretty much debased this concept. So we must realize that, uh, that the money is not valuable. Therefore, we must look to place the fruit of our labors into other vehicles that 
will grow this money. Even uh, today, if you get a uh, 4% return with inflation, uh, that return is down to 1% or 2%, hardly worth the effort, and in some cases are using negative interest rates, which is insane. So what I would like to do is to encourage you to begin changing your thinking around money. It is not bad. It is not good. It just is. It is just a representation of energy. And it's terribly, terribly important that we remove the stigma of money being a bad thing. It is a necessary vehicle in today's world. We are going through what may be called a reset of the economy as the intrinsically dishonest manipulation of currency has reached a point where it's going to be difficult to go back. And this whole pandemic thing has increased the rapidity with which uh, these flaws in the economic system are coming apart. And so we must be prepared. If you have all of your, uh, and this is not to give financial advice. I'm certainly not in a position to do that. I'm not a financial advisor. I cannot give financial or tax advice. But what I can suggest is that you look for places to put your money that are non-traditional. Gold is one of those. Silver is one of those. Real estate is good because it is a tangible asset. It is something real that you can knock on and see that it's for real. There are other commodities, there are other uh, metals, there are other strategies in which you can invest a portion of your holdings as the stock market is uh, in uh, crazy, crazy land right now and valuations are off the charts. Regardless, how do we change our mind about money? First of all, I would suggest you learn to love it. Love what it represents. It represents, in today's world, the ability to do what you wish to do. Therefore, it equates to freedom. You have enough money and you increase your freedom. It's interesting to note that wealthy people look at money and time differently than most people. Most people look at, look at uh, money and say, I have to trade my time for it. Wealthy people will say, what can I spend or what can I invest in that will give me more time? It's just the reverse. So if you adopt that particular attitude that the money there is to give you freedom and that it is your ally in doing so, 
you can profoundly affect the way you think. Another way of thinking is stop thinking of yourself as a W-2 employee in which you work for someone else, they give you a paycheck, they deduct the taxes and other fees, put money in your 401k, and you take a sliver of what happens to be available, if there is any, and put it away and invest it in something which has got high fees associated with it, especially mutual funds and 401ks, and they Accumulate over time, assuming you've got 40 or 50 years of accumulation, you can build up a certain amount. Einstein said that the most powerful force in the universe was compound interest. He's true as long as you've got enough there to compound and to allow grow over time. But not everybody has that kind of time. Now, I mentioned a W-2 employee. What you need to do is adopt a corporate lifestyle. You need to have a business of your own, whether it's a full-time business or a side business. The point being that as a corporate business, you suddenly have an entity, an LLC, S corporation, a corporation, trust, an entity that provides the opportunity for uh, liability coverage. In other words, if something goes wrong, they don't come and take your house because all of your assets or all of your uh, activities are in a in an, uh, separate entity from yourself. So that's one attitude. Another attitude, and this is one I particularly like, you don't take vacations any longer. You take business trips and you're able to deduct. With a, cor a corporation, you're able to deduct much more and therefore expense much more and therefore take home a lot more because you're not paying as much in taxes. There are many other advantages. I looked to uh, a friend of mine, Laurel Langmeyer, who teaches this stuff. She is a foremost money guru and millionaire maker and her attitudes and approach around money is it is good it gives you freedom, it gives you choices, it gives you a lifestyle that is what we all dream about. And it's not that we have to amass huge sums of money, we don't have to have the big house and the lovely cars and all of these uh, accoutrements that success and money in today's world seem to represent. What we need to do is just have enough so that our lives and our decision-making is not based upon whether we can afford something. And when you reach this attitude, you realize that you don't have to have as many things as you think you need to have. That is another aspect of Today's society is we become consumers, everything becomes a commodity, and that happiness can somehow be achieved through acquisition of things.
We don't need more stuff. We don't need to fill our garage with stuff, as George Carlin used to say. We don't need to have a storage unit to store our stuff. We need less stuff. If we begin to appreciate what we have and what we truly need to not only sustain, but to thrive, we realize that the quality of life is more important than the things that we have. And this is part of the money attitude as well. In other words, we begin using the resources that we have more wisely. We reset our thinking about what we need, what we have to have. So with those thoughts in mind, I want you to relaunch your thinking around money. Learn to love it. Learn to appreciate it. Learn to realize that it has a time value. And that your goal in life, for one, is to leverage your time value as much as possible. As J.P. Getty once said, I'd rather have 1% of 100 people's time than 100% of mine. So find ways to leverage your time, ideally through your own business, where you don't have to work for every single dollar that you get. You can create something that is sustainable and durable and produces value because we must produce value to get that money energy for it. And if we're not producing value, we are weighing on the system and we are undermining any type of solvent financial system we would wish, wish for. So with that in mind, I wish you well. Relaunch your money life. Love it. Have it. Enjoy it. Use it. And thrive. Bye for now.